Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You're never too young to start and anything is possible as long as you set your mind to it. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Brad Simtob. Brad is joining us from Grand Rapids, Michigan. He is the founder of Simtop Management, which purchases value-add multifamily in the Midwest. Brad's company is able to complete renovations for 30% less than the closest general contractor quote, and he is a GP on 350 units, and he's 20 years old. Brad, thank you so much for joining us, and how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Ash. I really appreciate it. I'm excited, man. Your resume alone, you've got me very intrigued. Brad, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, so I started when I was 19 years old. I bought my first building back in July of 2020 in the middle of COVID. That's how I really got into this. It was a building in Lansing, Michigan, and now I'm here today. My goal here today, 20 years old, 345 units, and our goal is 850 by the end of the year. So we just want to keep growing. All right, slow down, man. 2020, your first property, what was it? It was an 11 unit building. I actually found out in the middle of due diligence, it was a section eight building. And that's how I really got into all of this. A lot of people told me to steer away and try to stay away from section eight. And I decided to actually dive deeper and understand more of it and understand how to do it better than other people are doing that. Okay. Help me understand your mindset at the time. Cause at 20 years old, that was the opposite of me. So yeah. had you been wanting to get into real estate for some time and why? I've always looked at real estate. I've seen a lot of people that could do really cool things. And I met a lot of people that are doing commercial real estate and multifamily. And I always saw like these deals pop up online, but I never thought it could really be me because at 19 years old, how am I going to afford a $400,000 building? That wouldn't make sense. And then I started to understand how other people do it. I started to meet people that actually raise money for their deals. I was like, that's what I really want to do. That seems really cool. And I started just going from there and looking at deals. Will you walk me through acquiring that first property? Yeah. So I found it in April of 2020. It was an on-market deal and it was like a family friend that he's the broker for the company. And I reached out to him and he sent me all over the information and I ended up putting this lowball offer. And the broker said, this is never going to be accepted. Like, I don't even want to show it to the seller. 
And I was like, just show it to him and tell him I'm a young kid that's trying to get a deal done. And it's a good deal at this price. And they ended up saying no. And then they came back to us and they said, actually, if you go a little bit higher, I think it was 5% higher that we'll get the deal done. It's like, perfect. I get under contract. I'm so excited. And I get all the diligence and I start bringing it to investors. I raised $125,000, got the loan, and then we closed. Okay. How did you pitch this deal to investors when you have no track record and you were 19 years old? My dad definitely had to co-sign the loan. He's been a huge mentor and advisor for me in this whole company the whole time. And I sort of used his track record as a way to be able to get it into investors' hands. So I created this whole presentation. I laid out all the numbers. I've seen how other people laid out the numbers. I try to do it very similarly. And I explained the returns and what I'm going to do. My goal was to build a portfolio at the time, which I've now done. What were the pro forma returns that you pitched to investors? So I pitched an 18% IRR. What's really cool about this deal is I ended up selling it a year and one day later, and the investors ended up making over 80% in that one year I owned it. So that's really where I took off. Over 80% on their initial investment in one year. You Mm -hmm. killed it. Absolutely killed it. It was the best. All right. (laughs) So now the benchmark is really high. What's next? I'm really bullish on the city of Grand Rapids, and that's why I moved here. I actually don't own any real estate in Grand Rapids. I'm only in Lansing and Kalamazoo in Michigan. And I'm just trying to find deals. I'm doing my best to network with new people, going to dinners, getting drinks with people, and really just having a good time trying to understand the market. And then Wait, also, are you 21? Just getting dinner mostly. Yeah, drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, okay, hold on. Did you literally move to Grand Rapids to pursue real estate? Yes. Incredible. I moved here by myself. <laughs> Man, I love it. Where were you before? I used to go to Michigan State before any of this happened. So I was in East Lansing, Michigan. And then I bought my first property in Lansing. And then when I bought my property in Kalamazoo, I said, this is a great opportunity for me to live rent-free. So I moved to my building in Kalamazoo. I lived there for a few months and then I moved to Grand Rapids. All right. If you don't mind, let's keep going back. Mm -hmm. After the 11 unit that your investors made 80% returns on, what was the next deal? So that was a 32 unit building. I put it under contract. I saw this deal before the 11 unit. I put a lowball offer and the broker wouldn't even call me back. And then I just kept going up and up on this deal. And they, eventually they did call me back. I said, I'll go. They said 800,000. I said, okay, 800,000. I read for purchase agreement. Then I didn't hear anything. And they called me back and they go, actually it has to be 900,000. I go, okay, 900,000. So I put it under contract at 900. I ended up renegotiating it down to 700. There was a bunch of mold issues that we had to go in. We had to do a bunch of remediation. No one else is buying this property except for me at this time. So I ended up going in. We did all the renovations. Now it's an absolute cash cow. So we bought it for 700. We ended up putting about just over $200,000 into it now. So all in for 900. And I had an offer a few months ago to sell it for 1.55. And? I'm going to hold it. So I'm, gonna hold it. I'm not selling right. any more properties unless I sell the whole city at once. I have to sell the whole portfolio. Got it. So Brad, do you have investors on that deal? Yep. So I raised money on that deal too. We raised 350000 Did you know you were going to have that kind of CapEx? Yeah, ahead of time, I knew I had that CapEx. So I budgeted raised, all of it. And you raised money it. for that as well? Mm-hmm. So we got a 75% loan-to-cost loan on that building, which was great. It covered, all the, covered everything for the CapEx. What was the pro forma return you pitched to your investors on that deal? That one was roughly about 18% when I pitched. When I underwrote it, I got about a 28%. But I never want to show an investor that high of a return. Right. Their expectations too high. And wasn't it tempting to take the cash? the $1.5 million offer. 
it's still very tempting to me today. I would make a few hundred thousand personally, which would be awesome as a 20 year old, but it's not right to investors. I know that the value is just going to keep going up. I could still do more better. I can still raise rents and decrease expenses. So the value is just going to keep going up. Would you do a cash out refi? So I'm looking into options with that. I haven't owned it for long enough is the issue to be able to do something like that. So I'm sort of waiting until I hit the two-year mark. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com. Out of curiosity, what if you sell it to another entity of yourself. So you could potentially pay back any investor who wants out Mm -hmm. and you get an appraisal, you pay fair market value. And then would you be able to get a loan for the higher amount? I think so. I never really looked into something like that. Makes sense on paper though. Yeah. I I, I honestly don't know. Um, That'd be pretty cool. I'm just thinking out loud. Listen, man, you made a bold claim. You can do renovations for 30% less than the closest GC quote. Mm -hmm. How do you back that up? So I do all in-house construction. So I hire employees for $20 an hour when these GCs are charging $50 to $60 an hour per person. So just on the labor alone, I'm saving $40 an hour. And then I have a great relationship with Home Depot and they're able to deliver. What I do is I create these lists online on their Home Depot site. And I basically just send it to the rep and they get every single piece that they'll need in the entire unit turn delivered to the unit in one week. So they get everything delivered into the one unit. I put two to three guys in that one unit. It takes them one week to do the whole renovation. And interlandscape renovations are about $5,000 when the GCs were asking for about eight to 9000 minimum. How'd you learn to do that? I ended up starting with GCs. They did some unit turns for me in renovations. And then I saw the breakdown and I was like, charging you $60 per person. You pay them 20 like I talked to them before. I could pay people 20 and do it. So I started with that. <laughs> What is it about your mindset that allows you to achieve so much at a young age? I've just always been a go-getter and I love to really have big ideas and big dreams. And I really want to accomplish those goals. Like whenever I set a goal, I make sure that I do it. So I write my goals down every year and I make sure to accomplish as many as I can that year. Well, help some of us older folks out with that. 
you set your goals at the beginning of the year. I'm assuming they're achievable goals. Mm-hmm. Are they a stretch? So specifically this year, 850 units, we're only at 350. So okay. when everyone, and, anyone looks at that, that's definitely a stretch. And but, then you have a plan of action that you create at the same time. So I start with that at the beginning of the year, we'll create that one year plan. And then from there, we break it down into quarters. What do we have to do this quarter to achieve that at the end of the year? So you can break you it down. always hit them. Yeah. These two years I've been doing it. <laughs> you dropped out of college to pursue real estate. I did. What was that decision like with your family? So it's really interesting. But when I dropped out, when I first made the call, my mom was not having it at all. She said, you have to get a college degree. And I was very fortunate. My parents were paying for college. So it was a great deal for me. But I'm like, I see all this opportunity. And I know we're in the middle of COVID and prices right now are so low. If I put all my focus and energy into this, I can only imagine how big we could grow it. So I created a goal by the end of 2021. I had to have 125 units that we raised money for, closed on and owned. And at the end of 2021, I ended up having 345. So I definitely hit that goal. It's funny. I picked up on, you said, when I made that call to my mom, it wasn't a discussion. It was a call to inform her about your decision, huh? Yeah. I already made the decision at that (laughs) point. I only bring those ideas to my parents when I know for sure I'm all in with that. (laughs) I love it. Do you have a team or are you doing this by yourself? So I have just under 30 employees now, and that includes all the construction and we do in-house property management, sending people to manage those. What was your first hire? My first hire was my best friend, Alec. And he's still with me. He's the best. And what's his role? We call him the COO, basically. He really mainly focuses on construction right now. And I still manage all the property managers directly, but he does an absolute job, an absolute killer job with the construction. To hit your goal of 850 units, you're going to have to raise a significant amount of capital. How are you going to go about doing that? Right now, we have about 40 investors that we reach out to, to be able to raise money on every deal that we do now. We have an online portal that we basically send out. And so far we've been oversubscribing our deals. It's definitely going to get harder as we're raising more and more money. People only have a finite amount they can really give. So we're going to have to reach out to new people. We're going to have to start asking for their friends and family, which they've been very generous enough of introducing us to other people already. All right. I'm going to push you a little bit. Best ever listeners, this entire interview, Brad's had a smile from ear to ear on his face. Everything you say, you make sound easy. Give me stories of something that was grueling, something that set you back, a hard lesson that you learned. Yeah. So I have a great story. I bought a 29 unit vacant building in Lansing, Michigan for just over 30 grand a unit back in April, 2021. And it was supposed to be a 60 to 90 day renovation project where it was vacant. We were just going to go in. We were going to do our classic unit renovations where we do paint, flooring, new cabins, stuff like that, just new finishes. All the mechanicals were good. And as we're getting close to the end, I was still in East Lansing at that time. And I heard this tornado siren go off. There's a big tornado going through and the winds were so high and the rain was terrible. And it ripped the roof off the building. I kid you not. There's water going into the building and we basically had to completely restart. We had to remove all the drywall. And we're still not even done with this project. And we bought the building last year. So it's been terrible. The and city did insurance cover the expenses? They didn't cover anything. Why not? <laughs> they said the roof was not as good a condition. When I looked at the roof, it was at least five years left on this roof. It would not have flown off, but there was not a tornado that came through. And then they said they looked at the storm radar and there was no tornado. But I lived in East Lansing. I heard it. <laughs> oh, my God. What a horrible experience. 
So our plan with it is once we completely finish out the project, we're going to go back to the insurance company. We're going to have a total number of what it did cost us on our claim. And we're going to go back and either start a lawsuit or something like that. And you have attorneys working with you? Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's a tough deal. Yeah, it's a tough one. But we're not going to lose money still, which is good. What did that cost you in redoing renovations and new roof, obviously? Yeah, it's hundreds of thousands at this point. I think it's probably close to an extra 300000 that we did not expect to incur. And where did that money come from? So right now, our management company is lending money to this entity until we could pay it off. We're still waiting for a final draw from the bank and then we'll be able to pay a large portion of the back. And Brad, you have investors on this deal as well? So I didn't want to do a capital call because it would ruin yeah. my reputation. And how do you share this story with investors and what's their response? So there's three stories in this building. So I rented out the top two floors and all we're waiting for is the final approval on the bottom floor. So I rented the top two floors. They're above market rents of what I was expecting. I've lowered expenses as much as I can. I've put so much of my own effort into that, just items like that. So I could show them the proof and that the project's actually going to end up being worth more, but they're not going to make the money as soon as they thought. And what advice do you have to other people on sharing bad news with investors? It's always good to end on a positive note and show, at least show what you're doing to solve the issue. If there's an issue, you can't really tell people any issue and be like, I don't know what to do. It's out of my hands. It's never completely out of your hands. The roof flew off. That's still hundred percent my responsibility. I should have known at least that the roof in this one part wasn't as good. I should have done more research. So it was hundred percent my fault on that. Way to take ownership of that. Good for you. What advice do you give people that are either your age or twice your age who want to get involved in real estate, but never took the leap. That's really interesting because I know there's so many real estate. It's it's a huge world. There's so many different things you could do. You could be a broker. You could do Airbnb or these different things. I always tell people to sort of look in all directions and see what really fits you best. I think the reason I really love what I do and why I'm so happy with what I do is I used to be the property manager and everything for the section eight tenants. So when I'm moving people in and they're telling me stories, of how they've never had a bed, they've never had their own place. They would cry on my shoulder and I would be crying too. I think it's terrible that people would have to live that way. So I really found my passion in that area. So I tell people to try and find the same passion, work for other people and see what they could do. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year? Whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals, I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility within the next one to three years using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc. He's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring Here are some of his students who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining, Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract, and she partnered with two other deal-maker mentoring students, and together they raised $700,000. And Brian Briscoe, he said thanks to deal-maker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year and you've been thinking about getting into multifamily, well, text the word Joe to 66866. Again, that's the word Joe you know how to spell my name, right? J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind and let's get you started with your own syndication business. 
deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Have you considered doing other asset classes, industrial, retail, office? I have, but I think it's really important just to stay focused on what we do. I only buy in three cities in Michigan, so I know exactly what I'm looking for. It really keeps me honed in and focused on our future growth and everything like that. What if you run out of deals in those three cities? Guess we're just not going to have a deal for there for a while. Maybe we could look into development or something like that, but I just love the areas that we're doing. And, I love and your them. ultimate goal is to sell to some hedge fund or a big read or something. So you're going to accumulate as many assets as you can and sell off the entire portfolio, huh? So one goal I wrote down, so we use the EOS system and it's called a BHAG, big hairy And the BHAG that I wrote down is I want to sell a billion dollar portfolio. So I need to create a portfolio worth a billion dollars and I want to end up selling it to someone at that point. You're so focused on work. Do you have time for a personal life? Yeah. So one of the goals I wrote down for this year is I actually want to go on 15 vacations. If it's a weekend trip, if it's going here, going there, whatever it is, going up north. Tomorrow I'm going up north with my friends and I'm going to have the best time. So I still have time to do stuff like that. I've really focused on creating leaders in our company. So when small issues come up, they can figure it out themselves. And if it's a bigger issue. Of course, I want to be involved and we'll talk through it and figure out a situation together. But a lot of the things are figured out with them. How do you cultivate leaders in your company? So I have a leadership coach and I give a lot of credit to her helping me figure out how to go through conversations, how to treat people, how to create processes and write them down. And I really do pride myself as well in automation. I'm so young. I understand these computers so well that our property management system is basically completely automated, texting tenants, emailing them, correspondence, things like that. What do you use for a PM system? We use Rent Manager. I love it. And why did you get a coach? Was there an issue that started? There wasn't an issue. It was just that I started to get a little nervous and I started lacking confidence in myself and I started to notice it. It was at a time where I think we only had 10 employees at the time and I was still 19 years old. And I was like, am I fit to be doing this? I'm not sure. I wasn't too sure of myself anymore. And it was actually my dad's idea to bring in this leadership coach 
and she's really helped me. She brought the confidence back. I know for sure I could do it now. Now I'm capable. And now I just need to figure out the steps of how to get there. Brad, a lot of people have an evolution where they take on everything themselves. And it's when they're on the brink of a nervous breakdown is when they start hiring people. Did you hire people preemptively or were you doing it all yourself? So I truthfully think I hired preemptively, sometimes even too much. I want to word it a little bit better, but I think that I'm out of the day-to-day now and things that I still have time that I could be doing and I don't need to be spending too much money on it. For example, we just hired an admin that's going to be doing all our purchasing for all of our properties, which we're turning units, we're turning about five or six units a week now of renovations. So it's a lot of ordering that goes on, but me and Alec definitely could be handling it ourselves. But this is preemptively because we know we want to grow and we have to do this if we want to reach our goal. And who are your mentors? Who do you look up to? I look up to my dad a lot. And there's a lot of people that are involved with the Detroit real estate and everything with that in that area that I really look up to. And I talk to them a lot. They teach me a lot. At 20 years old, if I had a ridiculous amount of money, I don't know what I would spend it on. What do you spend your money on? That's a really good question. Whenever I do a new deal, whatever is in my personal bank account, I really just put it into that deal. Whatever I can figure out to scrape up and I try to be an investor on every deal and I have been so far. Sometimes it's a little tough for me because I only have a limited amount of money, but that's really what it goes into. And then one thing I do pride myself on is we're really big into Amex cards. So all of our purchases are on the Amex card. It gives me a lot of travel points, which will help me be able to do the 15 vacations essentially for free. Brad, what's been the challenge with having your best friend as your right-hand man? So I haven't had any challenges yet. I'm hoping I never have a challenge. But so far, it's been perfect. And we're really good at splitting up the work side of life and the personal side of life, which is awesome. Good. And Brad, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? You're never too young to start and anything is possible as long as you set your mind to it. Brad, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. Brad, what's the best ever book you recently read? Traction. It's a great book. And what was your big takeaway from that? It's really teaching me about the EOS system, which I think is really important. I think it's too big to talk about on this podcast. Yep. Yeah, it's great. And Brad, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I love talking to young people like me that are really interested in getting into real estate. They're already in real estate doing some side things, but I love talking to them and sort of motivating them, showing that it's possible. And Brad, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? So my email is the best way. It's brad at simtob.com. Brad, it's been an honor having you on this podcast. This is Brad's first podcast that he's ever done. You absolutely killed it. Thank you for sharing your story with us. You've accomplished more than people two, three times your age. So my hat's off to you, man. Thank you for sharing your positive outlook and how you built this business. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Ash. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with anyone you think can benefit from it. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. Have a best ever day.